Welcome to the Expert Series, brought to you by the Lupus Foundation of America. Our health education team is here to bring you experts in lupus to discuss topics to help you live better. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. My name is Lauren, and I'll be your host. For today's episode, we're discussing research updates, and I am very pleased to introduce our guest, Dr. Diane Kamen. Dr. Kamen is Associate Professor of Medicine in the Medical University of South Carolina Division of Rheumatology. Dr. Kamen's ongoing research focuses on gaining insights into pathogenic mechanisms responsible for lupus and finding safe and effective therapies to stop its progression. She has headed several large NIH-funded observational studies, including the SLE and GOLA Health Cohort, with a focus on investigating potential environmental and epigenetic triggers of lupus. She's also involved in the design and conduct of numerous interventional clinical trials in lupus, most recently, the mesenchymal stem cell in lupus trial, co-funded by the NIH and the Lupus Foundation of America. Her goal is to continue pursuing the answers to questions about the natural history of autoimmunity so that in the near future, we can prevent the onset of autoimmune diseases such as lupus. Thank you, Dr. Kamen, for joining us today. Thank you so much, Lauren. My pleasure to be here. Well, let's just jump right in. Um, the topic that you have researched, it, the natural history of autoimmunity, is one that so many people with lupus really want to know the answer to. Since lupus seems for so many to kind of come out of nowhere, and then for others, a lupus diagnosis is almost like an answer to a long life of seemingly disconnected symptoms, can you help us understand a little bit more about what causes lupus or what can bring about these lupus-like symptoms? Yes, thank you so much for that question, because as you noted, you know, how did I get this is often one of the very first questions patients ask once we finally mm -hmm. have confidence in a diagnosis of lupus, um, which can you know, often be years um, to get confident about that diagnosis. But um, the patients want to know, you know, what what causes this? Um, family members want to know their risk um, if they don't yet have symptoms or even if they have some mild symptoms coming on. Right. So, um, you know, we have done you know, decades now of research into, you know, how much of this is genetic, um, how much is in our genes, how much can be uh, you know, modified even um, if we have a genetic risk of lupus? Are we able to modify that risk um, through things we do, um, and, you know, through our lifestyle and exposures we have um, during our lives? And then how much is like a purely environmental trigger um, that, you know, maybe something we can't even avoid or it may be things that uh, we are doing, again, part of our, li our lifestyles. Um, and we we now know um, that there are definitely risk genes, um, DNA um, genes that put us at higher risk of lupus. So that there can be some some family um, you know history of lupus um, and other autoimmune diseases that share that risk. Um, but it definitely does not explain you know even half of the risk of lupus. It's somewhere around 30% in most people um, where the risk genes are there, but they're not the, the only thing that's bringing on lupus. Um, and so, you know, if you have a family member with lupus, 
your your individual risk is pretty small just based on genetics alone. But what we you know, really are learning much more about now are these environmental triggers um, and things that can influence the genetic risk. Um, ideally, we would be able to predict somebody's risk of lupus before they even have symptoms and um, be able to you know counsel them on ways to modify their lifestyles to lower that risk. We're not quite there yet, but the exciting um, you know, research news for me has been like some of these modifiable um, risks, things like diet, um, you know, things like um, sun or UV exposure, um, and some of the you know, environmental contaminants that um, you know are hard sometimes to avoid. Um, but you know things like air pollution and um, and other you know chemical con contaminants in our environment, um, you know these are large problems that individually might feel a little overwhelming to try to um, you know avoid some of these things. But um, as we're learning more and more about them, we, you know we can advocate for you know, cleaner air, cleaner water, uh, better diets, um, which often, you know, leads to issues like access to healthy, fresh foods, you know, that don't have the, you know, chemicals, pesticides, preservatives, you know, things that we, we know can impact our immune system and possibly put us at higher risk of autoimmune disease. The other thing that makes all of that more complicated is um, it's not just one thing. We know that for sure, um, that it's not just one environmental exposure. It's, it's probably an accumulation of, of multiple gotcha. exposures over time. Um, so that makes it you know, even a little bit harder to study, but there's a lot of great research going on looking into those things. It makes me think about how there are other diseases that we know now can be linked to those modifiable behaviors. So you know, like cardiovascular disease, we know the things to avoid to reduce risk for cardiovascular disease. So it's exciting to think about lupus in that way. Um, and having more answers is definitely a good thing for people out there with family history and concerns they might have it. Yeah, definitely. Lupus is, is so complex. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. you mentioned cardiovascular disease. People with lupus are at higher risk of that as well, mm -hmm. just from having lupus. You know, and then you add in the, you know, the things that might increase their risk of cardiovascular disease on top of having the inflammation and altered immune responses of lupus. And the medications that are used can increase that risk too. That's just, you know, one component. Um, so the study of lupus is, is complex, um, but I think that is why, you know, we, you know, so many people are passionate about finding these answers. We feel like if we can find answers to lupus, you know, we'll have answers to a lot of other things as well, mm. um, just because Absolutely. of lupus being such a kind of prototype of autoimmune disease that are much more common than people think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's super exciting. Um, I know that you also worked on the mesenchymal stem cell trial, and um, this seems to this is an ongoing uh, research. Can you share with us anything about the mesenchymal stem cells, what they are, and where we are at this point in research with that? Yes, thank you for asking about the trial. We have um, you know a phase two trial, it's a randomized trial of these mesenchymal stem cells. Um, 
in patients with lupus who have you know active disease that um, has been refractory or un, you know unresponsive to the standard therapies for lupus that is going on right now um, and is sponsored in in part by the Lupus Foundation of America along with the National Institutes of Health. Um, we had a pilot study. Um, a, a few years ago that had very encouraging results, um, giving um, all of the six participants in that kind of what we call an open study, so it wasn't randomized or blinded. Um, all six of the patients with lupus and active disease uh, received um, an IV uh, intravenous infusion of the mesenchymal stem cells, and we saw you know, very encouraging results with reduction of disease activity and ability to come down on their dose of prednisone steroids, which is always a big goal of ours to get people off uh, or on very, very low doses of prednisone. Um, and so after um, learning a lot from that initial pilot trial, um, uh, you know, we designed and launched this um, current trial that's ongoing, and we're about halfway through, so we anticipate another two years of oh, recruiting and enrolling patients. Um, the reason we think, um, or we're very, um, you know, um, encouraged, <laughs> or we um, we feel like there's promising results to come. Uh, of course, we don't know yet because we're blinded to who's getting the cells and who right. isn't. Um, but it's based on, you know, a lot of this um, data that mesenchymal stem cells, um, they are stem cells in the sense that, um, you know, we have them, um, you know, in utero and as, um, you know, as babies developing, um, they have the potential to, um, to kind of develop into normal immune cells, um, but they haven't yet. Um, chosen their path. <laughs> so these mm -hmm. mesenchymal stem, stem cells have a lot of potential. Um, and so what we're hoping to do with those cells is to kind of reset the immune system so that somebody who has, um, let's say they have these lymphocytes, these immune cells that are making autoantibodies, they're making antibodies against DNA or you know, other things that um, we don't want our antibodies to be attacking. Um, the mesenchymal stem cells, by kind of going in and resetting those immune responses, um, we are hoping that that is how they're working to help people, um, you know, kind of calm down the autoimmune reactions that they're having. Um, there's a lot of work as part of this um, research trial um, into the mechanisms of how these cells work. So we have a, a big team of basic scientists and translational researchers, as well as all the clinical research team who are um, looking at how the cells are, are um, effective in the body. Um, you know, people are donating their blood <laughs> to uh, help us like learn mm -hmm. how the cells work. Um, so we don't know all the answers yet, but based on the fact that um, people have had good responses to these, we're you know, kind of going forward with, with um, the more intense investigations into them. So by the end of this trial, we'll have had um, um, you know, 80, 81 people um, come through the trial, wow. and, um, and hopefully, based on that, we'll have the answer as to whether or not 
these two different doses of the IV infusion um, will be effective for lupus and you know, we certainly need more treatment. So we're <laughs> hoping, hoping that day comes that we can share the good news. But until then, yeah, we'll, we'll just keep our fingers crossed. Waiting. <laughs> Waiting and working yeah. until then. <laughs> it's such an exciting update. And I think it's important to kind of share with folks listening that every year there's an American College of Rheumatology. It's a huge conference. And then, you know, last, last year and this year, it's, it's virtual for physicians such as yourself mm-hmm. and researchers in rheumatology um, that you all get to share these exciting updates with people in the rheumatology workforce. And I think it's such an exciting thing to kind of watch these research trials um, at every step of the way, just get closer and closer to really exciting things for people with lupus. And if people listening out there are interested in kind of following along, you can definitely follow along um, on our website because we love to put research updates um, at lupus.org forward slash news, where we just have research updates that will come in, such as your update or others from conferences. And I have to say that being able to get the updates every year or so on, on this study in particular has, has been quite exciting. Very rewarding, you know, being able to, to work with the patients also, you know, kind of learning what their mm-hmm. priorities are and, and mm-hmm. trying to make, you know, this trial as patient-friendly as possible. And we've had yeah. to do some adjusting during the pandemic, um, you know, to do things like virtual study visits and, um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. being a little more flexible with the study design um, just because of the, you know, issues around keeping you know, safety in, in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So it's really taught us a lot. And I'm, I'm hoping mm-hmm. that that some of these lessons continue on now, you know, because you know, maybe we could make clinical trials easier to participate in from the patient, patient's perspective while still keeping, obviously, all the rigorous um, trial design measures that we need to keep. So I love that you mentioned that because it's so encouraging for people to know that while we as the world were suffering through this pandemic, that there are people such as yourself and other people that are wholly invested in lupus research who will be creative to progress this research and make sure that it's supported um, even with the challenges. And I think that that's, that's one thing that could definitely give hope to a lot of people out there listening for answers to, you know, what's next, what, what's out there for treatment, you know, what hope do I have in the future uh, for as a patient with lupus? So that's a, I'm glad you mentioned that. And, and also important that you mentioned that research studies are something that are easy and tailored to the patient um, so that we can have people who can participate, um, you know, from a variety of backgrounds and with different needs. So I think that's also really encouraging, too. Yeah, um, everyone with lupus is different. Yeah, everyone with lupus is different. And um, yeah, on top of that, you know, everyone being so unique in the way their lupus presents and responds to therapies. You also have, you know, very, you know, prominent health disparities um, in Mm -hmm. lupus that we see. So, you know, it's one thing to find these therapies that that may work, um, especially in certain aspects like lupus nephritis. We've had great news with 
two new approvals in the past That's year right. of drugs for lupus mm -hmm. arthritis, and then the recent new drug approval for um, active systemic lupus. These are fantastic, um, but if, if patients, you know, especially certain groups of disadvantaged patients are not able to, to access these treatments, um, I don't think we've done nearly enough. You know, we need to make sure that treatments are available for everybody and, and that that involves, you know, people from underrepresented groups being in the trials as well so that we know, you know certain safety aspects or uh, response aspects to be looking out for. Um, so there's a lot of, lot of uh, <laughs> uh, factors to think about with all of this, but um, it's been actually, uh, there's been a lot of good news for lupus yes. in the past year. <laughs> Can't say that about oh, it's been a, everything in the past year. <laughs> right. It's been a really, really good year for, for new treatments for lupus. And um, as you mentioned, two medications now for lupus nephritis, the belumumab that was previously available for people with lupus is now approved in lupus nephritis. Um, shortly after that approval, we, there was baclosporin, which is another medication for lupus nephritis. And then just of this week, we had anifrolumab that got FDA approval for lupus treatment as well. So I'm glad you brought those up. If you're out there and you're looking for treatments for lupus, um, you can check out the news updates, like I mentioned before, at lupus.org forward slash news, and you can read all about those medicines. Well, I'm, you know, I hate, I hate that we have to end this, but I, um, I know that um, people out there really enjoy listening to some updates. I do have one last question for you before I let you go. Um, so a lot of the reason that we want to focus on research and making sure that people out there know what's going on is because it provides hope to so many with lupus. So are there any other research updates or anything around the corner that people with lupus can hope for um, that you can share with us or any words of advice for people out there that are just maybe newly diagnosed with lupus and kind of in feeling really uh, burdened by it? What kind of hope is there for folks out there? Yeah, thank you, Lauren, because there, there are so many um, great studies ongoing and then kind of continuously giving us encouraging news. Um, so I, it, clinical trials, the, the drug trials do tend to get a lot of attention for good reason. But um, I would say, you know, some of the super exciting results coming out of observational studies. So those are things like registries um, that um, people might mm -hmm. be a part of donating, you know, their their information and answering questionnaires and donating blood. There's been a lot of exciting, you know, results coming from those that are helping us then know what, you know, drugs are, are promising for treatment um, because things like the interferon signature that has been discovered through, you know, people participating in those registries, um, thanks to that, you know, we we now have anifrolumab, you know, on you know FDA approved and um, as an exciting new treatment. Um, and learning more about the blood markers that we call biomarkers um, to kind of predict who's going to develop what types of lupus and who's going to respond to which treatments. Um, that has been just a booming area of research, and and it really only happens because people you know, take time and effort and blood and other body, body um, things like um, stool for microbiome studies mm -hmm. and urine for the uh, kidney studies. 
um, because people are willing to to provide those um, for research purposes, um, there's been a lot of news, you know, in the past year, especially. So, um, yeah, I agree. Right. Your website is wonderful for um, those, those resources you listed and um, will provide are a great place to stay up to date on the, the latest. Great. Yes, I am so glad you mentioned registries and those sorts of uh, other ways to collect research. That's really helpful as well. Well, Dr. Kamen, thank you so much for your time today. I know you are uh, busy helping so many people with lupus every day, and so we are so grateful that you took time to talk with us and share some exciting updates with our listeners. Thank you so much, Lauren. Thank you so much, Dr. Kamen, for joining us today so we could talk about some of the exciting research updates that people with lupus can follow. For those of you listening in, to stay up to date on research, please visit lupus.org forward slash research. And if you want to be part of accelerating the development of new treatments and improving lupus outcomes, check out our new lupus data platform, Ray, Research Accelerated by You. To listen to additional episodes of the Expert Series, you can visit lupus.org forward slash the Expert Series, where you can also subscribe to get alerts when podcasts are released. And if you'd like to speak with one of our health education specialists, please check out our webpage at lupus.org forward slash health educator. And finally, to connect with others with lupus from all over the world, I invite you to check out our online support community, Lupus Connect, where you can talk with others find emotional support, and discuss practical insights for coping with the daily challenges of lupus. You can find the community at lupus.org forward slash lupusconnect. Thank you and have a wonderful day.